We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I am here. The show presented, as always, by Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Tommy's with me for a second straight day. Jay Gruden will be with me tomorrow. Football Friday tomorrow. Uh, Only four of those left with Washington games anyway. Although Ron, and I'll read to you what Ron said yesterday, Ron still thinks they got a shot. Um, but I know you wanted to tell me about where you just were. Did something dreadful happen at the doctor's office that I need to know about? No, 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 no. My doctor was late, and that kind of pushed back a very tight schedule I had for this Thursday. You know, I'm much too busy for my age. I really am. <laughs> you are? <laughs> people look at me like I'm nuts when, when uh, you know, I tell them what I do. People my age, and maybe a little bit older or something like that, and they look like I'm, I'm crazy, but I'm just too busy. But anyway, the big story to bury the lead is I was at the doctor because I was getting hearing aids. Hearing aids. You've needed yes. those for years. I know. <laughs> I know. So now I've got hearing aids. I don't know how they'll work. Uh-huh. You know, this is my for, for a couple hours. There, first couple hours they're in. Uh, it seems pretty easy. Uh, you know, I can control everything from my phone. Uh, and uh, eventually I'll probably get used to it and it'll be helpful. But uh, it's another concession. So- another concession to my body breaking down around me. Can you hear me? Yes, I heard that. Oh, really? They're working. Yes. They are working. Yes, I heard that. Because I can't <laughs> tell. Now, for those of you that, uh, that, that just listen to the show and don't listen to us off the air because it's not available, uh, occasionally I'll be talking to Tommy and he'll just say on the other end, Hello, Kevin, are you there? And I'm like, I'm right here. I'm right here, and, and it's just because I've lowered my voice a little bit, maybe, or perhaps I'm just a little bit off mic. So these things are working. That's that's great. Good for you. That is great, and and you know, it might help you I with mean, karaoke. Not, yeah, it may. I'm not. I'm not. You know, apparently, I can take phone calls on these headphones okay. on these these things. So I have to figure out how to use them. They're pretty cool, 
and uh, somebody said, well, wouldn't it bother you walking around with, you know, with uh, hearing aids, people will look at you. And, I mean, you know, I'm not particularly vain, but that's easy for me because I don't have anything to be vain about. So <laughs> I don't care. I mean, do they act as kind of head, like you can take phone calls? Can you listen to music through them, or do you need? Yes, I can listen to my TV through them. Oh, wow. Okay. I would Which have is ma- a big look. There's a big thing for because I, I play the TV too loud for my wife. Well, so do I. But remember, yeah. you know, you. I mean, the two of us, me even more so. I've had headphones on my ears for 17, 18 years now, every single day. And yeah. I, I did go a few years ago to get my hearing checked, and it actually was normal. But I'm expecting at some point in my life to have hearing issues. I think anybody, I think, you know, musicians, you know, people who have headphones on the, you know, all day long, people who work in radio, et cetera, eventually have some hearing deficiency. And I do turn the TV up very loudly. And as you know, if you remember, I have certain volume settings that are crucial for me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The lowest, the lowest being kind of. The exact level for you. Yeah, well, it's it's you know before plays or before big games, it's got to be you know, and then if things don't go well, then I have to go to the other. I got to go to the backup numbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any thoughts a day later uh, 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 after the Caps Wizards move? I, I'm I, I'm going to let you answer that, but I want to just mention one thing. I had Sam Fortier on the radio show this morning, and yeah. I just said to him, you know. After yesterday's presser, seemed kind of definitive to me. I mean, I remember Jack Cook and Doug Wilder, et cetera, but it seemed like they were all, you know, happy. And Tommy predicted that it didn't wasn't going to happen. I didn't tell him that. I just said, "What percent chance do you give of this thing falling apart?" He said, "25 percent." I think he's right. I think that's what I would say. Maybe just a little bit higher. Look. Under normal conditions, a lot of these things go wrong, you know? I mean, the majority get done, but a lot a lot of big projects like this, a lot of things can go wrong. And given the political atmosphere, like I've, I said yesterday, the political volatility of the state of Virginia, where in Richmond they just turned down a casino twice. So if you think they turned, if they didn't want one in Richmond, what makes anyone think they're going to want one uh, in, in, in Crystal City, you know, in Northern Virginia. Again, there's a lot that can go wrong. So I think that's a pretty accurate estimate as to whether this, this happens or not. And there is a fallback position, uh, which I think, you know, for, for Ted, which I think heightens the chance of it not happening because he doesn't have to put up with maybe less than what he agreed to in Virginia. If things go south, yeah, it's just um, I, I didn't I didn't take yesterday as a day of creating more leverage for Ted with the District of Columbia to stay no, at Capitol. No, I didn't. But you know but, that that, but, that would have been uh, you know, a, a long way to go for that because the, they yeah. had they had the governor, they had a lot of people. I mean, again, the woman that introduced the governor, Governor Yunkin, was 
so emotional she she broke down crying as she was introducing him. It was such an historic day for all of these people in Virginia. And, of course, you know. And the governor is, is Ted's friend, so I don't think he's going to intentionally burn, right. uh, you know, Glenn Youngkin yeah. uh, on something like this. But things go wrong. Yeah. And in Virginia, things particularly go wrong with stuff like this. So I think that's a reasonable percentage, 25%. I might make it 30%. But, uh, you know, he's been covering the story, so he should know. I forget if it was you. i tell you what else. Yeah, go ahead. On, 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 upon reflection today, uh, and, and you brought this up yesterday a, a couple of times, uh, and uh, I, I think you're right more and more I think about it. It was a bit unseemly, Ted's, Ted's whole act yesterday. Yeah. It really was a little bit over the top and very, very insensitive of the ground that he just plowed over to get where he, he, where he was yesterday. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a bit insensitive and, and uh, just a bit, a bit too much, period. Well, he's always that way, but... Uh, the more I think about it, uh, I mean, you know, crow- crowing that, you know, he's, he's performing some kind of public service. You know, he has this idea that someday it's going to be one big city from Richmond to New oh, York. Well, he's going to buy Delaware. To Baltimore. They're going to acquire Delaware. Huh? He said they were going to acquire yeah. Delaware, jokingly, of course. Nobody in Delaware yeah. is rooting so, for any of his teams, unless right, it's so, Bethany I mean, Rehoboth. That's a, yeah, that's my second... Uh, Second day uh, reaction. Uh, it's uh, he, he. It wasn't his finest hour. I don't know that he has many fine hours. Personally, look, you and I have been on him for years. Um, he's gotten a complete free pass, as have the learners, because of Dan Snyder. I mean, you know, the things that we've nitpicked about have bothered me for sure, and they've made him insufferable from the outside looking in. I don't know Ted, but, you know, the Ted's take and the sitting on the bench, you know, with his basketball team and, you know, constantly talking about these incredible brands that he's building and how smart he is and how happy he can make everybody. I, I think upon yeah. ref, uh, upon reflection for me, like I, I know I, I said this yesterday um, and I'm not, de- I'm not deviating from, I-, I probably, if I had a chance to put myself in their shoes and have all of the information that they have, and also to have dealt with Mayor Bowser and the DC people and probably been neglected a little bit in, you know, one of the things Sam told me, which was pretty amazing, I didn't realize this, is that Pre-pandemic, 21 to 27 on a given night for an event, police officers would be on foot uh, outside of the arena. Post-pandemic, because of, you know, a lot of the issues that we've had in many cities across the, the, the country Four, with, right? with, with the loss of, of, of police force, and um, is that they had, they had three. Three. So ten. Yeah, I heard four. So Ted had, four and Ted had to go out and hire like yeah, 15 or 20 on his yeah, own. Yeah, and that he had been asking for. So it's possible that the combination of the financial part of the deal combined with him sort of being taken, taken for granted, that maybe a lot of us would have done a similar thing. You, you said differently, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not backing off that from my standpoint. For me, though, 
I just don't want it to happen. Like maybe I got hopeful with um, with our conversation yesterday and then with Sam this morning. Like I'd really like to see this completely fall through. I don't want them to move. I, I want I don't want the city to be hurt by the loss of two sports teams. I mean, we said very seriously that, you know, the football team and the baseball team being in the city are actually more significant than the basketball and the hockey team, but I want all four to be there. Uh, I, It would be very disappointing um, to see them move, and it's not far away, and, you know, I think that part of it was exaggerated to a certain degree. Like I said yesterday, it's further inside the Beltway than FedEx Field, but it's the point of how big of a blow it will be to Chinatown and perhaps, you know, Penn Quarter and City Center and the areas around there, maybe the whole city, and what Abe, you know, took a huge risk on doing. Like you read that quote yesterday, you sent it to me because I read it on the air, you know, from Ted's, you know, business of happiness book about Abe being a remarkable, you know, person and yeah. and the city he loved. He did it for the city he loved. He it was an act of civic generosity. Um I, I just I, you know, oh, the other thing too, I mentioned, well, look, it's he wouldn't be the only one. Well, actually, as it relates to basketball teams, if no one else moves in the next five years before 2028, they would be the only NBA team not playing in the urban city they represent. Every NBA team since the Pistons moved from Auburn Hills back to um, the city, every single NBA team plays in the city that they represent. Uh, lots of football and baseball teams play outside of the city because you need yeah. more land for a stadium. You know, Santa Clara and Orchard Park and Arlington and East Rutherford and Landover, obviously. And there are, I think, a couple of hockey teams that don't play in absolute downtown. But every NBA team does. And... um. I, I just, I hope it doesn't happen. I was definitely, as I mentioned to you yesterday, a little bit off-put by all of the giddiness, all of the excitement over it. I thought it was, you just used a, a much better word. I think yesterday to me, I just said it was off-putting. But it really was in many ways kind of insensitive towards D.C. Um, so I hope it doesn't happen. I, I also, you know, I got a couple of tweets on our conversation, and I actually continued the conversation to a certain degree on radio this morning. There was one from Bernie who wrote, you know, that Tom and Sheehan were insensitive to the crime problem around Capital One Arena in Chinatown. I had a couple of others that were similar to that after the radio show. I mean, relax, people. P- please. All I said, and I think all Tommy said, and I think we both agreed, is that I don't. I think the the discussion about Chinatown as being like this crime ridden area that you, that isn't safe. I understand crimes up in the city. Trust me, I understand that it's up in the suburbs too. It's up everywhere. Okay, we we. I understand that. I'm just saying that when I go to Chinatown. Or when I go to City Center and my wife and I will go out to dinner uh, at City City Center once every couple months. Uh, we were just there about a month and a half ago at Centralina, which is one of our favorite restaurants. I never feel unsafe. It, it, that's me. Everybody's perspective is different. 
I can't, I, I've noticed a difference. Clearly, I've noticed a difference. I've noticed a lot of businesses that are gone in that area, and that, that saddens everybody. But I, I don't think that it's this, you know, for anybody that remembers what D.C. and, and a lot of neighborhoods were like before, you know, t- uh, before Abe moved the basketball team to Chinatown and areas that used to be dormant became incredibly vibrant. This city's so much better and so much safer than it was 30, 35 years ago. I mean, there were neighborhoods you wouldn't walk into in D.C. during the daytime, you know, in the 90s and in the 80s. I don't feel that way at all about Ashburn. If you do, that's fine. And I'm not knocking that at all. But I don't see how you get off a metro stop a half a block from Capital One Arena with hundreds of people and feel unsafe walking into Capital One. I agree. I, I just don't. I, I, it's, I mean, it's not a scene out of Escape from New York, okay? <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm, I'm downtown. I'll be downtown tonight. I teach tonight. And, yeah. And, you know, where I teach is, is, is downtown. So I'm downtown often. And, uh, look, whenever you're out on the street, late at night or at nighttime, you always have your wits about you, but I don't feel unsafe. No, not not. There's two different area. things. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, of course, I'm, I'm more aware of, of my surroundings, which is important wherever you are. If you're, if you're in a parking garage outside a mall in Rockville, you should be aware of your surroundings. Right. But... Uh, I'm not scared, and I'm not scared when I'm downtown. I, I don't, I don't, fear, I don't think that something, you know, some kind of crime's going to be committed on me. Well, I, nobody, I, I wants, a, nobody wants a piece. Nobody wants a piece of you anyway. You don't have anything for him. <laughs> Except for some hearing <laughs> aids true. now. Maybe the hearing aids are worth... Maybe that's the most expensive thing on your being. Uh, you probably don't want to publicize that. No, I, to- I, I completely agree. Of course you are in areas in, by the way, as you said, not just in the city, but in areas in, suburb, in, in suburban areas. You have your wits about you, but there's a difference between that and feeling unsafe. I can't tell you that I've ever felt unsafe in Chinatown since that arena went in. I, I But if you do, that is a real thing. And by the way, part of what Ted is concerned about. And and he's trying to you know lessen that feeling of unsafeness for those that feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, stop it with the you know irresponsible on talking about the crime problem around Capital One Arena. There's a crime problem. It's an increased crime problem. Acknowledged. Um, okay. Uh, anything else on yesterday? I just hope it doesn't no. happen. I really. I really would love to have all four of it. Just, there's something when, when it moved, Tommy, we didn't talk about this yesterday. You went to the cap center. I went to the cap center a lot. I mean, I mean, I, I was of that age when the bullets were winning the title and contending. And I went to so many games and so many years after that and concerts there. Uh, first concert I ever went to was at the Capitol center. You know what, you know what it was? It was somebody who we both like and enjoy, um, at 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 a, at a high level, and that's Elton John. All right, late oh, wow. late seventies. My father uh-huh. took me to see. That was the first concert I went to. Saw Rod Stewart at Capitol Center. Saw the Stones a couple of times at Capitol Center. Um, saw the Who at Capitol Center. 
um, missed a couple of shows that I wish I could go back. Do you ever um, do you ever look at uh, the 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 web? The, it's like a website called Setlist, and it gives you all of your favorite artists and every concert they've ever done and on the date and the set list they played that particular night. So if you if there's no, a con- I've never seen that. if there's a concert that you remember going to and you'd love to see what the set list was from that particular show go to, it, it's like setlist fm i think it is and it'll give you the FM? set list i think it's setlist hold on let me look it up real quickly okay. um, yeah cuz i'd be interested in I know looking you at would. it i know you would um setlist setlist.fm set list. Set all right and so .fm yeah so okay. you can put in you know, a concert that you went to, and you'll find exactly the set. Give me a give me a concert right now from a a, a, a venue and, and a year. Harrisburg Farm Show Arena, Harrisburg Pennsylvania Farm Show Arena. Farm Show Arena. Uh huh. Would have been Elton John, and uh, would have been 1972 Thanksgiving. Oh my God, 72. You're so here it is. November twenty second, nineteen seventy two. All right. You, by the way, it was a very he didn't play many songs. Did you know that? Here's no. this here's the set list, it says. Your song, Tiny Dancer, Levon, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters, Madman Across the Water, Danielle, and then Seven is Unknown. He played more than that. That's what's that's what's here. Okay. Well, he played more than that. It was. It was. I mean, it was inclement weather. But this is Pennsylvania in 1972. You know, bad weather was not a big deal back then. Let me you see. Know, it was the norm on that tour because he played the next night in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, and here the here's the full set list. So this was two nights later, November 24th, 1972, in Jacksonville, Florida. And there are 21 songs on here. I won't go through all of them, but this okay, was. I got one for you. Okay. That's not going to be on the list. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the first concert I ever saw. Uh, I saw Badfinger at my high school okay. in 1970. <laughs> well, that's not going to be. It was the East Stroudsburg High School. <laughs> that's not going to be on there. Wouldn't that be funny? I think it's going to be on there. Bad. Finger. Yeah, I saw Badfinger. Who were was a pretty good band. Yeah, n- n- I mean, Baby just... Blue is a great song. Oh, Baby Blue is the the, the final song of of um yeah of Breaking, of Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, and the and the and the yeah. finale. Um, it's a great yeah. song. So Bad. I don't Finger... know how they wound up. Go ahead. Uh, so Badfinger had a tour uh, in the U.S. and I'm looking for something that was near Pennsylvania. Um, in 1970, I think. Yeah, this is November of 1970. You went to a lot of shows in November. How about um, Syracuse, Horsehead, New York, Portland, Maine, um, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, but it's going to be the same tour, right? It's going to basically be the same yeah. tour. So do you want me to tell you the songs yeah. that were played? Sure, go ahead. Hold on, let me find one that has the full set. Oh shit! Some of these are, yeah. Actually, they're they're popping up without. Oh wait, here it is. Okay, huh? This, by the way, is a high school, Depew High School, New York, 
November 10th, 1970, Bad Fingers set list. Bloodwin, We're for the Dark, I Can't Take It No Matter What, Come and Get It, which was a Beatles cover. That, that was their big hit. That was their first hit, Come and Get It. L- well, it says, it, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The next is the Beatles cover, obviously. Love Me Do, Long Tall Sally. Yeah. Then No Matter What, Johnny B- Johnny Be Good, a Chuck Berry cover, and No Matter What for Another Time. They played No Matter What three yeah. times. <laughs> well, that was their, that was a big hit for them, which is a great song as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were discovered by the Beatles, I think. Bad Finger. They recorded on the Apple uh, label, uh, and they played at my high school. I don't know how they wound up at my high school, but that's the first concert I ever saw. That's awesome. It was so cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, so setlist.fm for those of you that want to go back and find out, you know, what was what did they that actually play? Like what great, did the Stones play that site. night? Huh? Sounds like a great website. Um. All right. Uh, enough of that. Am I going to edit that out, or do we keep that in? We keep that in. If you want me on the podcast, you better keep it in. <laughs> I, I got about twenty minutes left. Uh, well, you might. You know, the problem now is you're, you're going to be able to hear everything um, after the show is over. Um, all right, uh, let's get to your Skins Rams prediction for Sunday. We've got a You Heard It Here first, and I want to mention something that Ron Rivera said yesterday. We'll get to that and a lot more right after these words from a few of our sponsors. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
This segment of the show brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC, for a cash bonus on your initial deposit. The Thursday night game tonight is a dud. Raiders-Chargers. No Justin Herbert for the Chargers. He's done for the year. Uh, The Raiders are three-point favorites in the game. The total, my God, we've seen some low totals in the NFL this year. 34 and a half for the game tonight. No smell test pick on the game tonight, but plenty uh, for tomorrow. Uh, Washington, a six and a half point dog with one of the highest over-under totals of the week at my bookie at 50 and a half. By the way, real quickly, and I, I was talking about this on the radio show this morning with my producer Denton. Um, I think that Josh Allen and Dak Prescott in the Buffalo Dallas game this Sunday, I think one of I think Dak Prescott can almost lock in, you know, a two-way battle with Brock Purdy the rest of the year by playing well and beating Buffalo for the MVP. But I think if Josh Allen plays exceptionally well and Buffalo wins that game, I think Josh Allen then is in the race with Prescott and Purdy and maybe passes Prescott. Right now at my bookie, Prescott is a slight favorite at plus 145. Purdy's at plus 167. Then it's Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. Josh Allen is fifth. I think Buffalo's coming here the rest of the year. Kind of rooting for them. Um, MyBookie.ag, promo code Kevin DC. Before we got sidetracked on the setlist.fm discussion, the reason I brought up the Capitol Center is that when they moved downtown, Tommy, I went to like two games shortly after the new arena opened. I wasn't there opening night for the for the Wizards first game. But it was so cool to be down there. To have a down it made it feel like more of a real city. Not that I didn't consider in 1997 Washington to be a real city, but it wasn't a real city like other cities were. Uh, in in that they all, a lot of their big events happened downtown. The Capitol Center was strange. You know, other places had it. Detroit had it. Other places had it. But um, it was just I don't know. I'll miss it if it's gone. I guess it won't be gone. They're going to host the Mystics there. We'll go to a Mystics. I wonder That's where right. Georgetown's going to play. Because there's no way the Cap One can stay around forever with the Mystics as its main tenant, right? I agree. Can't imagine. I agree. And I, like I said, you know, you've got this entertainment and sports arena that Ted owns 5% of. Uh, the city owns the rest where the Mystics play and the Wizards practice. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be a ghost town. The new ghost town arena. <laughs> ghost town field to ghost town arena. Um so I wanted to read something real quickly to you. Uh, this was Ron or I'm going to play it for you. This was Ron Rivera yesterday uh, talking about kind of the goal for the final four games of the season. It's really about, you know, being the professional that we are and going out and, and, and doing your best, giving it your best. I mean, you know, the stranger things have happened where you were still in it, obviously, numerically, but we'll see how it goes. And at the end of the day, you got to take care of your business first and foremost. So, Tommy, stranger things have happened. We're still in it, obviously, numerically, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, you got to take care of business first and foremost, and that means beating the Rams. Beat the Rams, and you're 5-9. and nine. Look, 
you could be two games out on Sunday night of that final spot um, with a win over the Rams. He's still thinking that way. Did you see the Rams-Ravens game? I did. Yeah, I watched a lot of that game, actually. Yeah. Actually, there are two games out now. I'm sorry? You see those Rams receivers? I did. Yeah, they're pretty good. I've got both of them on my fantasy team, Nakua and Cooper Cup. Um, so yeah. I, we're not going to do playoff scenario talk here. Trust me, uh, that that's long gone. But I was wondering if there is an actual mistake or a problem that Ron Rivera had, other than working for Snyder, which was, of course, going to be something that he wasn't going to be able to overcome. But what was his biggest problem here? What was his biggest problem? What was his biggest mistake? Why didn't it work for Ron Rivera here? And why didn't even it didn't even come close to working for Ron Rivera here? What do you think? Well, I think his biggest problem was was when he when he really hit the ground when he first got the job here. Uh and in my mind, and we went through this with Shanahan too, so I don't quite understand it, but in my mind Ron Rivera had all the leverage when he took the job here. Like we thought that the team was lucky to get Ron Rivera as a coach. I did. Given how toxic yes. the, the, the place was. And this is even before the congressional hearings. It was toxic then, visibly. Okay? So, so he had this leverage. He comes in and he accepts the quarterback's, the owner's quarterback as his quarterback. <laughs> Instead of saying to the owner, saying, that's your quarterback, that's not my quarterback, I'm going to pick a quarterback who's going to play for me. That would have established a lot of things right from the start. I don't think he really concentrated right from the go on the most important position he would have to, a position he still struggled in the fill, you know, four years later, and that was quarterback. And he didn't do that because he accepted Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback. You can make arguments there were reasons for that. Haskins had potential. A lot of people were high on him. But, you know, that was the owner's quarterback. And you had to make a statement right from the start saying, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm picking my quarterback, and that's how we're going to build a team. We're going to build a team starting from there. That was his mistake. Yeah, that is, uh, that's on my short list, uh, that he had a chance from the jump to say no to Dwayne Haskins. And I kind of have this feeling that his gut told him that he wasn't going to be his long-term quarterback. And, you know, like a lot of others that came here and took the money, I mean, they, you know, perhaps he doesn't get the job if he doesn't commit to Snyder. I mean, he claims that he never had to commit to to Haskins to get the job from Snyder, but we know what Snyder thought of Dwayne Haskins. Um, It was easy for him to do that that year because Chase Young was so highly thought of. And so passing on Tua and Justin Herbert for Chase Young was not criticized by many in the moment. It just wasn't. I know there are a lot of you listening that say, I, w- I called you, Sheehan, I told you. No, you're right. You, you know, there, but, you're right. but for the most part, it was not, uh, it, it was not, it was a, a pick that was lauded for the most part um, and complimented. Um, but truly, if he knew 
and felt like he was going to be in need of a quarterback, then he should have manned up and said, I'm not taking this job unless you unless you are okay with Dwayne Haskins not being the quarterback. In fact, we're going to consider drafting one, and if we don't draft one, we're going to try to trade for one or sign one in free agency yeah. because I don't, I don't believe in him. And you have to have one here, and even though I, we've got this long-term you know, term plan here, um, that's not the way I want to start. So that was a mistake. I think – I think ultimately Ron Rivera is just not cut out to do um, two jobs, you know, be the head coach and then also be the lead football decision maker. And again, I've cut him, I've cut him slack because of all that happened after he got here, including his own personal health crisis, which I think had great impact on him. But um, even without all of the additional uh, investigations and, and, and toxic, you know, um, and, and all of the, uh, the, the, the bad things that happened after he got here that already added to the toxic environment, he's not good at doing both. Um, and I really don't think he's very good at the personnel side. And the personnel side took away from him more as a coach. And him coaching and being involved specifically with the defense was probably his strength at Carolina. But they haven't you know, as it turns out now, they haven't drafted well. I don't think they've drafted horribly, but they certainly missed on Chase Young, his first pick. They, you know, they, they didn't land a, an absolute home run with their second first round pick in Jamin Davis. It certainly doesn't look like Jahan Dotson at this point through two years is looks worthy of, of, of 16 overall. I mean, still time on that. And certainly Forbes struggled in his first year. Um, they missed on every opportunity that they went for at quarterback. They missed on Matt Stafford. Look what Stafford is still doing. All right, you got your Super Bowl. Then it looked like it was done. It looked like it was a one-and-done deal. No, they're going to be potentially in the postseason again. They'll see him this weekend. And Detroit offered up Jared Goff two firsts and a third. And Washington, you know, offered up a first and a second, I think it was. Maybe a first and a third. I'm I'm forgetting, but it was nowhere. You needed to be more aggressive. They were very aggressive with Russell Wilson, more aggressive than they were with Stafford. Um, The Fitzpatrick thing was, you know, always going to be a Band-Aid for a year, maybe two. The Carson Wentz thing was a complete and utter disaster. And no matter what we think of Sam Howell now, whether we're convinced – one way or the other, or we don't know, they lucked into that. That wasn't the plan. If it turns out that Sam Howell can play, you know, this this idea, um, this revisionist history, we had a first or second round grade on him, and we you traded out of the fourth round. You let other teams that had quarterback needs pass on him. You were lucky to get him at the beginning of the fifth round. Um, and you didn't even want to play him in the season finale last year. We're not going to forget that. So I think that what you said was on my list. The first decision uh, going with Haskins probably to um, to to make Dan, you know, give him the, the job and all of the responsibility. And then he just wasn't very good at doing both jobs. And I think it yeah, cost him as a head coach being – the face and the voice of the organization and the chief football decision maker. And a lot of the stuff that he ended up having to talk to certainly wasn't anticipated. Um, but 
that's that's mostly it for me. Uh, everything else, I mean, we could go through a lot of other moves, um, but they, ultimately they had a chance with their first draft at number two overall to take a quarterback, Justin Herbert or Tua, and they took Chase Young. In hindsight, it's a mistake, and you know, but it wouldn't. Chase Young wasn't a mistake at the time, but again, the the key being, Ron didn't stand up and say, "No, I'm not taking this job if it comes with Dwayne Haskins um, as as someone we have to play or at least try to work make work." And then he just wasn't very good at the personnel side, and that kind of led to him less focused and more of a delegator as a coach, which hurt that effort too. So. Uh, you got a prediction for Sunday? Yes, I do. What is it? Uh, I would take that over if if I was everybody. Rams thirty eight, uh, Commanders twenty. Thirty eight to twenty. I like. The and over my team. asterisk yeah. is that Jacoby Brissett will wind up in the game. Hmm. Okay. That would make things spicy on Monday. And you're not talking about just taking a knee at the end of the game like he did against the Dolphins. No. Or no, 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 a, yeah. no, no, okay. no. And I'm not necessarily saying that Sam Howell be benched. You know, I just don't want to talk an injury into existence. But I think, I think Sam Howell, who's been very tough, one of his qualities is he stood up under a beating this year so far. I don't think that's going to work on Sunday. We'll finish up uh, with our You Heard It Here bold predictions for the week right after these words from a few of our sponsors. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Tommy, tell us about Shelly's. Well, I can tell you one great franchise that's not going anywhere, Shelly's Back Room. <laughs> one of the greatest cigar bars in the entire country is, is right here in Washington, D.C., and they're not going anywhere. They're at 1331 F Street Northwest, and you can count as them as being as the oasis in the city. Even if the city is not in such great shape inside Shelly's, it's a fabulous shape. Great food, great drink, great atmosphere, great camaraderie. Uh, I'll be there tonight uh, after I, I, I get done teaching, like I always am, on Thursday night, uh, hanging out with my buds, watching some football. They've got these eight big high-definition TVs throughout the place and these nice, soft, cushy chairs. 
and couches. Uh, it's beautifully decorated, uh, and uh, it's just it's it's like like uh, Kramer said on Seinfeld. It's the place to be. Okay, uh, Shelley's back room. You can find out more at Shelley'sBackroom.com. Great spot. Um, all right, uh, let's get to our bold predictions for the week. I've been waiting to hear what the big announcement was going to be. You got it right here. Heard it here first. All right, Tommy, what do you got? What's your uh, you heard it here first bold prediction for the week? My, you heard it here first. It's at some point in 2024, there's going to be a story out there that Bryce Harper wants a trade. Ooh, Mr. Philadelphia himself? Bryce out of Philadelphia. Why, because they're not going to pay him? Yes, but they're not going to pay him. He's going to look at his paycheck and realize that he's making seven eleven money next to uh, next to Otani, who's a DH next year. He's not pitching next year, uh, and uh, Boris will. I tell you what, Boris has got to be steaming at this contract. So I, I would. I, my bold prediction. A bold prediction is. You know, there's a long shot, a chance of it happening. Bryce Harper's name will come up in trade talks next year. All right, my bold prediction, and this is really, really bold. Uh, So sit down before I deliver this one. The new head coach of the Washington whatevers in 2024 will be Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin will be. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, This was my bold prediction weeks ago. I know it was. Um, My bold prediction for this week is that Joe Flacco, who they have fallen in love with in two games in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski said, an absolute pro. And winner. Miles Garrett had two words for Joe Flacco after the game last week. He's elite. That was hysterical, you know, g- taking us back to the conversation about is Joe Flacco elite or not elite? <laughs> My bold prediction is that Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens in a playoff game. It's very possible they could play in like a divisional round game. Cleveland, first of all, Cleveland's still got a chance to win the division. They're two games back, and I think they would win the tiebreaker if they can even it up with Baltimore. And Baltimore's got a very difficult schedule. But imagine Flacco takes the Browns into Baltimore for a playoff game. Wow. That would be... That would be wild. That would be wild. Cleveland beats Baltimore in a playoff game led by Joe, I don't give a crap, Flacco. He'll have no idea if it's even a playoff game. Um, but he <laughs> he looked he looked really good against Jacksonville. They actually have a very tough game Sunday, an underrated tough game against a Chicago team that all of a sudden is playing really well. And that was going to be my bold prediction is that Chicago makes a run to the playoffs. I think they're going to have a chance for the postseason after they started 0-4. Um, but Flacco and the Browns beat Baltimore in a playoff game. If we could just get to Cleveland versus Baltimore in an actual playoff game, that would be enough to earn this bold prediction a blue ribbon, I think. 
um, whether they win the game or not. Um, well, since you make up the rules, I guess you make that call. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Uh, you don't like the rules sometimes. Um, did you see that George McGinnis passed away? Yeah, I did. An interesting guy uh, on the basketball court because I remember, look, I, I was an ABA fan, and George McGinnis seemed like a force of nature in, in the ABA. Unstoppable. I mean, a, a huge upper body strength uh, guy who just couldn't be stopped going to the rim. Okay, and then in the NBA, he was good but he was never as good as he was in the ABA. He never lived up to the hype that came with him and never took the Sixers to the championship that he, they thought he would when, when, they, when they brought him over from the ABA. I mean, are you suggesting that McGinnis was a bigger star or as big of a star as Dr. J was when they both joined the Sixers after the merger? He was a close second. Really? Yeah. Um, I remember I remember McGinnis with the Sixers. I don't remember him the ABA. My, I think I've told you this with before. The Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I think. my father loved the ABA. The first basketball he ever got me as a kid was a red, white, and blue ABA ball. But um, I I remember George McGinnis. Man, he had he and Doctor J had the biggest. They had the biggest hands of players in the yeah. league. I mean, the ball looked like a softball in their hands. And McGinnis had this one-handed jump shot. It would literally be like one hand um, that he would shoot it. But I remember McGinnis as part of the 76ers teams that everybody assumed would win championship after championship, never getting yeah. it done. Um, losing to Portland, then you know the next year they lost to the Bullets in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they did not get back until a lot of those guys were gone. Dr. J was still left. I think Bobby Jones was still left, a couple of others, when Moses Malone got there in 83, and they won it against the Lakers. But I do remember McGinnis. I did not remember him being nearly as big of a star as, OJ, as uh, Dr. J. I remember Dr. J when he came to the NBA, when they merged, that was a big, big deal. And I, I, I need to ask you this because I don't know the answer to it. The Pacers and the Nets were both teams that survived and were part of the merger with the NBA. So how did Dr. J get with Philadelphia? How did McGinnis land with Philadelphia? Well, I'm not, I don't recall all the details. I know that the Nets owner at the time was was really hurting for money. So I don't know if that was a factor uh, involved or not. The guy's name was Roy Bow, I think was the owner, uh, and he had some financial issues. I can't tell you why why those deals t- took place off the top of my head. Okay. Um, you know, the greatest story of the ABA is the owners of the St. Louis Spirit, I think it was. Um you know, during that merger, they were offered, you know, essentially cash to go away. And instead, they took a piece of the television, future television revenue for the NBA in perpetuity. Remember, I, I, I'm, I'm forgetting the exact details, but they basically earned something like $500 million over the years before they finally sold the little stake that they had. You know the story I'm, I'm talking about. I, I forget oh, their yeah. names now. Um, yeah, absolutely. I th- I'm pretty I sure it was the St. Louis Spirit. I'm looking it up right now, actually. 
Um, St. Louis Spirit, Marvin Barnes. Marvin Barnes. Um, Ozzy and Bob, Daniel. Bob, Bob uh, Costas used to do the play-by-play for them. Ozzy and Daniel Silna, two brothers who own the Spirits of St. Louis, former ABA team, uh, be- negotiated what became known as the greatest sports deal of all time. With the help of their lawyer, uh, they received a portion of the NBA's television rights fees, which added up to an estimated $300 million. The NBA long wanted to somehow end the deal, and they finally did with an upfront payment in addition to the $300 million that it, they had made over the years. They paid them $500 million in 2014 to get at to to, to get their stake of the television revenues <laughs> not a bad deal no we don't need not to be bad. a part of the merger we'll just take some of the television media rights um amazing all right uh you got anything else i got nothing else for you today boss all right interesting show today well done i'm glad you can hear me back tomorrow with jay gruden Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.